With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 52 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by The Hub Chicago. A pretty eventful weekend for the Two Drunk Brothers. We actually got to meet um, a member of The Hub Chicago, well, the founder, founder. the founder of The Hub Chicago, Brian Landino, over the, over the weekend at Mizzou's homecoming. Um, at that point in the day, we were all too drunk and did not get to <laughs> anything together. I'm pretty sure Travis was a, was essentially a walking zombie at that point. Yeah, yeah, remember it, but well, anyway, we 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 met up with Brian um, near halftime of the Mizzou game, slugged some beers, um, slugged the best nine dollar beer slam we've ever had in our life. <laughs> if that's what we did, I'll believe you. Yeah, we did that. We no, I'm just kidding. Couple, we slugged a couple beers. It was a good time. So, I'm um, shout out to Brian for for meeting up with us and hanging out. Got a lot of cool stuff. We, we chatted some business a little bit on a Saturday night at a football game. Um, got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the works for you guys in the future. A lot of collaboration and, and, and some cool things. But with that being said, Travis had actually a good weekend of gambling. Of course, the weekend he puts a punishment on himself to do shots for every, for every loss. He only has two. So. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is the best weekend of gambling that we've had in football this year. Or yeah, like for a single person, yeah, seven and two by far. Yeah, and I don't even know what my record was. I know I, I know I went one and three in college, and I don't know what I did in the NFL. You were four and five. It's not bad. Uh, I did I did that good in the NFL. Yes, you were four and five. Your upset of the week didn't hit, so technically four and six, but we don't count those. My upset did hit, so tech, I I was rolling in dough this weekend. Yeah, we are still collective six and two now in those upsets of the week. So. Upsets of the week, rolling strong. I hit yet another Thursday night football game, and I four won. in a row now. And I lost. I am zero and six. Yeah. Um. So if you pick the same thing I did this week, I'm going to kill you. I'm pretty sure we probably did. But 
With that being said, um, you know, the weekend was fun. We, we had a great weekend at Mizzou's home, homecoming. It's always nice to go home and uh, visit out there. And now you're first place in the SEC East, Missouri Tigers, because Tigers. South Carolina beat Georgia, which was awesome. Um, I've never seen a group of dudes huddle around a fucking beer pong table or a flip cup table at a tailgate looking at a game cast and cheer whenever fucking uh, – Georgia Bulldogs lost. Yeah, like we were, we were even watching. We are watching the game cast. So. Um, but I kind of wanted to bring something – Travis brought something up to – I know I've been noticing this for weeks, but Travis brought it up to my attention today. and was like, hey, man, did you hear all these people on Twitter bitching about the, the um, officiating in the Lions-Packers Monday night game last night, now Tuesday, October 15th? And I was like, dude, I saw it. It was, it was horrendous. I watched the last quarter of the game, and it was awful. I mean, the NFL refs – I actually didn't watch any of it, so I, I can't say – I see. I saw the calls, um, but I mean, I should. I thought that there was more calls this year that's been worse than that. So the one, the reason why the Trey Flowers call was so big uh, is because the Packers had third down and the Lions had just burned their last timeout. So the Packers were gonna were passing the ball and trying to get a touchdown, and it was an incomplete pass. But then they called a illegal hands to the face on Trey Flowers. So that gave the Packers a first down. Lions had no timeouts left, so all they had to do was knee it out and then let um, fucking, I can't remember, the Packers kicker kick a field goal. Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby. What it was funny, what the Lions tried to do is they get, handed it off to Jamal Williams, and they were, they were just going to let him run it in. And he, like, realized it right at the one-yard line just sat down on his ass because there was still, like, 45 seconds. Anyway. What if they would have tackled him into the end zone? I don't know. That would have been kind of funny. <laughs> but um, th- that's why it was such a big deal because if – that penalty isn't called, then Mason Crosby probably kicks like a 30-something yard field goal, probably makes it still, but it gives the Lions 40-something seconds on the clock to try to get in the yeah, field goal range. It would, have been, it would have been close to a minute. Yeah. Um, so that's why that – and there was a blatant pass interference call, I believe it was on Kenny Galladay, and everyone's like, why is Matt Patricia not throwing the challenge flag? I'll tell you why. Because – the NFL refs are so blind and oblivious to want to adapt to change. They don't want, they don't want to overturn pass interference calls because they're like, that's a judgment call. We don't want that taken away from us. So I think they're, they're blatantly not calling, not reversing them on purpose because they've had, there's been 24 challenges this year on, on, on pass interference. They've overturned one, one in 24. Yeah. I was going to say, I, of, of the flags I've seen thrown for pass interference, not a lot of them have been fixed. It's just going to be the ones that, you know, are like the fucking Rams Saints NFC championship Dude, game. I honestly, God, don't even know if that would have been overturned. Like that's how blatantly oblivious these refs are to wanting. They just don't, they don't want to change. It's, it's obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, I've we said it for years. Our fucking for as long as I can remember, got to get these old ass refs out of out of the game. Get some former players in there, people who know the game, who know what should be called and when it should be called. And it's just it's getting hard to watch at this point. It is. It is. So that's another point I want to bring up. So I'm watching Sunday with Carly and she was actually paying attention to a game. We were watching a game together. They threw a flag on five straight plays, five straight plays. There's a flag thrown. And she's like, this is ridiculous. I can't watch this. And she quit watching. So if you want to get people who aren't involved, who don't like football, you want to get them to watch the game and get them interested, quit throwing fucking flags on every single play too. I have never seen a group of officiants that, that change the outcome of a game like they do in the NFL. 
Like seriously, like I used to think it was baseball. I don't, I don't think that anymore. I think it's the NFL officials have more effect on a game than, than umpires in baseball. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's, I've been over it for years. Luckily we don't have to worry about it this year because we're Dolphins fans. Yeah. At the same time, it's annoying and obnoxious for everybody else. Yeah. And the, and the, and the last point, like you said, Refs, you know, they're still part-time. They have no full-time refs. That should be a change, too. This league makes enough money to pay refs full-time salaries. Yeah. You would think you'd want to get out there and do a good job so people don't hate you anyway, but that's a different story. Um, Real quick, I don't know if you – what is going on with this whole LeBron thing? So – Because for people like me who actually don't know, you probably do. Yeah, so um, LeBron James last night, basically, so there's a lot of, it's, it has a lot of political ramifications, and I'm not going to sit here and act like that I'm up to snuff with all of it, um, but basically the GM of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, I think is his name, um, tweeted out that he supports this, the protesters over in Hong Kong. Um, so basically there's a lot of you know human rights violations, a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, basically it, it's, a, it's a communist country. So there's a lot of bad shit going on. So people are getting sick of it and they're starting to protest against it. Well, Daryl Morey tweeted out that he supports the protesters and obviously all of the political leaders in China got extremely pissed off by that. Beca- and the NBA is huge in China. The, China allows the NBA to go over there. They play preseason games. Like next to, the, next to America, NBA, and I'm, I don't even know the numbers on it, but China – is the second biggest NBA market in the world, maybe even the first with the amount of people over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's fucking ton. It's, it's huge. It's, it's massive. Like, I don't think there's another American sport that's as global as the NBA. Like, I'm, I'm full, I'm full I, I can say that with, with full confidence. So, basically, the, it, China got pissed off about that and was going to cancel all the NBA preseason games. Like, started taking down banners and shit over in China. Um, so, then the NBA issued a statement. So Daryl Morey was it was in the right, but basically LeBron came out and said that he think he thought that Daryl Morey should have thought about what he said before he said it. So people took that as like, oh my God, LeBron supports like you know communist China. That's not. The, <laughs> I think I think he got caught up in an interview and said, hey, like before you go out and say something, not want to affect because he, he all the shit he said wasn't correct. But it, I'm not saying he was wrong. He was supporting a, a protest in China, which everyone should support because communism sucks. Um, so that's basically what it was. LeBron said something before he thought about it and people are kind of overreacting. That's my two cents on it. AKA Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy is, <laughs> I like Dave and I hate Dave at the same time. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's literally everybody that likes Dave hates him at the same time. And that's the kind of heel he likes to play. So anyway, you guys got, you guys got all of it on this intro. We got the bitch about the NFL refs. You got a little political uh, world uh, issue lesson. Um, it's good because I had no idea what was going on and I honestly did not care enough to get to the bottom of it and find out. So, yeah, so I did. So with that being said, we're going to roll into Degenerates Digest. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites. Not the time for saving. All right. We are here with Degenerates Digest, um, and I get to take my first shot of the episode. Ooh, that was a nice one. For my picks from last week, the choice of alcohol is Bird Dog Apple Whiskey. So that's it, and I'm doing it out of the 
hopefully, good luck, St. Louis Cardinals shot glass. Yeah. If we win tonight, I'm going to do shots out of this till we lose. Yikes. So, bottoms up. Poof. Down the hatchet. Yep, I'll goes. give you the play-by-play. <laughs> we we're recording this a little earlier tonight, so I'm only a couple beers deep in that. Yeah, that we are recording a little early so we can watch the Cardinal game. So um, I'm only a couple beers deep as well. So anyway, the generous digest. We're going to roll into it. Um, their usual slate this week, nothing new. The four college picks, including our lock of the week, all the primetime NFL games, our lock of the week, and our upset of the week. So I'm going to roll into it um, with my college football picks. My number four game I have on tap, um, I have Iowa State at Baylor. This is Saturday at 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Not touching the spread. Um, I'm touching the over-under. It's 55 and a half, and I'm taking the over. Travis and I joke all the time that Big 12 um, defenses are a joke and that they don't exist, but it's not really all, always the case with, with these two teams. These two teams actually are playing pretty good defense this year. But I'm still taking the over because um, Iowa State is scoring nearly 38 points per game while Texas Tech um, is scoring nearly 32. And I actually said at Baylor, it's Iowa State at Texas Tech. I am completely wrong. I apologize for that. Iowa State at Texas Tech on Saturday 11 a.m. over 55 and a half. Um, Although the under would have hit in seven out of the 12 games for these teams this year, they both got off to a slow start offensively. For instance, Iowa State has score, scored 38 and 49 in the last two weeks against West Virginia and TCU, both Big 12 opponents. Um, I can just see this being a shootout. Texas Tech always gets some shootouts. So the over 55 and a half looks mighty juicy for some teams that are starting to heat up at the right time. And Texas, All right. Texas Tech took Baylor into two overtimes last weekend uh, mm. and only lost by three. So there you go. You heard it here. Jared's first pick. My first pick is number. 12, Oregon, at number 25, Washington. This is Saturday, 2.30 game. Um, Oregon is a three-point favorite here. And this was an easy pick for me, and I'm going Oregon, minus three. Their offense is really good, and their defense has been absolutely incredible. They allow only 8.6 points per game, which is phenomenal as a college football, as a college football defense. Um, and they just know how to shut teams down. I know Washington has been able to score, but Oregon's defense is just that good. Uh, they have both having a common opponent in Stanford. Both they played on the road. Oregon allowed just six points in that matchup, and they won. Washington allowed 23 points and lost. Um, I love looking at common opponents, and I just think Oregon is the better team here. Minus three, even on the road, should be a surefire win for me. Okay, there we go. We got a ranked team going on the road against another. Are they? They're not ranked, are they? They just got ranked twenty-five. Okay, that's what I thought. I saw that, peeped it, didn't touch it. I really haven't touched a lot of Pac-12 games this year, except for early on. Uh, my next game I'm rolling to. We got some Friday night action for you. It's a six p.m. kick on ESPN. On, on wow, on ESPN on Friday night. It's Pittsburgh at Syracuse. The spread is three and a half. Pittsburgh is the favorites, and I'm taking Pittsburgh at minus three and a half against the Syracuse Orange. At a lot of, uh, I'm very road favorite heavy in this episode. Um, I was very high on Syracuse at the, at the beginning of the year, but they fell off. They haven't won an ACC game this year, um, and they're allowing 425 yards on defense per game. 
On the flip side, Pitt is only allowing 298 a game on defense, but they're putting up 393 on offense. So Pitt's got a very, very strong defense paired with a very, very good offense as well. Going against the defense in Syracuse, that's allowing a shit ton of yards per game. Pitt has also played a much tougher schedule. Um, I mean, and they've looked better in those games. They beat number 15 UCF. They lost to number 14 Penn State by seven. Syracuse has lost to NC State and got drubbed by Maryland, who looks like a fraud at this point. So I think Pitt's defense alone is enough to take the points in this one. Um, I think they get it done on the road in, in Syracuse in a probably not that hostile environment because unless Cuse is good at football, their students and their fans aren't showing out. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, actually. Syracuse has kind of fallen off this year. We both, I think, projected them to be, you know, right there next to Clemson in that ACC. So they've been a, they've been a bummer, but I like that pick. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm going to move on into mine. And you said you were road heavy. I'm actually road heavy too. So yeah. maybe this could be a week of the road. I bet, you, I bet you if you're going in the next one, I think I know what it is because I probably have the same one. Mine is number 17, Arizona State at number 13, Utah. Man, Two Pac-12. Very close. Pac-12. Pac-12. Yeah, another Pac-12. I have another Pac-12 game on here later too. Um, so 17, Arizona State at 13, Utah, Saturday at 5 o'clock. On Pac-12 Network, Utah is 13.5-point favorites against these two very close-ranked teams. So I'm taking Arizona State at plus 13.5 here. The spread seems insanely high for, you know, two teams that are similar in, in skill and talent. And a Pac-12 matchup it's, has a lot of implications. Utah does have a pretty good, pretty locked-down defense. But this Jaden Daniels kid from Arizona State um, – has been killing as a true freshman. He came in, you know, got the nod, I think, after a couple of weeks. Um, and a fun fact about him, he also, when he was in his recruitment, it was Arizona State and Utah were some of his top two teams uh, that he was going to go to. So you know he wants to get that win on the road in Utah. Uh, you know, he's, he's out for blood kind of, you know, in a sense. This game doesn't have to be that close, and I'm not saying Arizona State has to win. But, man, 13 half points just seems really, really high for me. So that's what I'm going with. I love the deep dig there by looking at uh, where Arizona State's quarterback was was recruited by. I, I like that a lot. I said the same thing last week, though, whenever Florida won on the road against LSU and they lost by 14. So you just better hope that doesn't happen. Um, I know. Because that was very close as well. I, I don't hate that at all. I do think 13 and a half is a lot for a very closely contested Pac-12 game. And Arizona State's really surprising some folks this year. Um, who knows? They, I'm, they could pull off the win. Not saying it could happen, but I mean, South, South Carolina beat Georgia last week on the road. So um, anything can happen in college football. With that being said, I'm going to roll into my next pick. It is number nine, Florida at South Carolina, Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Florida is six-point favorites, and I'm taking the Gators. Um, South Carolina, you had a great win last week, but – they should not have won that game. Travis and I were looking at it. Um, it's probably one of their biggest wins in program history. They won on the road. They beat number three, Georgia. 
once again, thank you guys. Thank you to all the Gamecock fans out there if you're listening to this. Uh, we appreciate it as Missouri Tiger fans. Uh, but Georgia lost that game more than South Carolina won it. Fromm easily had his worst game of the year through three picks. One of them was a pick six. I mean, this was a game where only the winning team scored 20 points, so that pick six ended up being pretty fucking huge. And South Carolina is still allowing 403 yards a game on defense, and I think they have a letdown week after stunning Georgia. I really think that happens a lot. Teams go on the road. They upset teams. They kind of have, have a letdown week. And Florida still has that championship caliber defense. Um, they're allowing only 110 yards a game on the ground, and that's where half of South Carolina's offense come, comes from. Is, is rushing yards. So you kind of look at that there. I think Florida is enough to shut them down. And six points isn't a whole lot. They're clearly the better team here. All right. I like it. Going into my third pick, <clears throat> number four, Ohio State at Northwestern. Um, this is a Friday night game at 7.30 on Fox Sports 1. Not touching the spread. Over-unders 49 and a half. This, this was kind of tough for me the more I looked at it. I was weary, but I rolled with it anyway. I'm going over on that 49.5. I know these teams have two strong defenses, but 49.5 is very low for me for a college football game. And let's be honest. On a a short week. On a short week. And let's be honest, Northwestern hasn't really faced a real offense. Um, I mean, they haven't faced an offense that has Justin Fields behind center. And Ohio State alone is scoring 49 points per game by themselves. I'm not saying they're going to do that and they're going to hit the over, but I think that they can, you know, put up in the mid thirties or so, maybe 42 points. Justin Fields on his Heisman run has to improve, has to keep putting up those points in Northwestern might be a little bit of a hostile environment, but kind of not at the same time. Cause I think they're like one in four, one in five um, Friday night game. Hopefully they can ball out over 49 and a half. That's it. There we go. I don't think it'll be a hostile environment at all. Um, you know, with I mean, they're a bunch of fucking nerds. Might be all cold though. Is all I could say. Yeah. Um, that's gonna do it for our regular picks. We're gonna roll into our locks of the week for college. Um, I dug deep on mine. It's a game that none of us are gonna watch because none of us have it. Going with another ESPN Plus game here. Um, oh, Northern Illinois at Miami, Ohio. This is Saturday at one thirty. So if you want to bet on it, you can. Make sure you do it so before Saturday at one thirty because you're not gonna be watching it. On ESPN Plus, Northern Illinois is two-and-a-half-point favorites at Miami, Ohio, and that is who I'm taking for my lock of the week. I mean, you look at it on paper, both these teams are not great. They're both two-and-four and one-and-one in their conference. Um, I dug very, very deep for this one. Miami, Ohio, though, is a very, very, very bad team. (laughs) On offense, they're only putting up 260 yards a game, which puts them second to last in the FBS. The only team that's worse than them is Old Dominion. 260 yards of offense per game. That is atrocious. Second to last in the FBS. 129 out of 130. Um, Side note, they're also allowing 412 yards a game on defense. Northern Illinois is putting up 387 yards a game, uh, but they haven't really been able to finish drives as they're only scoring 21 points per game. I think that changes against a shitty defense and an offense that can't stay on the field, it seems like. Um, And, again, this is a very, very weak Red Hawks team, two and a half points. It's not a lot. Northern Illinois has had a tougher schedule so far this year. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Huskies at minus two and a half. All right. <clears throat> Don't watch that game because it probably won't be fun to watch. Nope. My lock of the week <clears throat> is another Pac-12 game. Arizona at USC Saturday, 830 on Pac-12 Network. So 
can watch it if you want. Arizona is plus 10. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know why, again, this is such a big spread. I don't know what I'm missing here. I guess pack teams, pack 12 teams just aren't, you know, road, road favorites ever, but I'm a big Khalil Tate fan. I uh, seem like this dude has been there forever, but I love him. I've, I've always been a, a big supporter of him. Both teams have shown some flashes of talent, but neither team is great. Um, and I think some, in my mind, the quarterback play is going to keep this game close, which again comes back to Khalil Tate. Even though he did struggle last week, they got blown out by Washington. Uh, they pulled him, you know, late in the fourth and threw in their true freshman quarterback. But they said they're going to keep rolling with him with this week. Obviously, I think if he can keep their own defense off the field, which has been their Achilles heel for them um, for a lot of the game, I can see it being a close one through and through. Again, not saying Arizona is going to be competing to win this game, but plus 10 is a lot, um, and I'm taking them. I think that they could be the better team, but they definitely have the better quarterback, and that's going to be the big difference maker in this game. All right. We, uh, we shall see how that pans out with that being said. Um, so those are locks of the week. Arizona plus 10 at USC, Northern Illinois minus 2.5 at Miami, Ohio. Um, that's going to roll into our NFL picks. So an NFL for Thursday night, we have time out. Sh- time out. What? I gotta go ahead and do this second shot. Okay, you go ahead and do do that second shot real quick. Um, we're gonna break Man, it down. Thank, thank God, I only got two games wrong. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Dude, it's very, not very fun. tough. My mouth's watering just looking at this because I'm not nearly drunk enough for this. And here we go down the hatchet. Oh. Travis almost that one wasn't good Woo! all right Travis got both his shots down so there we go so now that his punishment has been recorded that's two that's only two that's all you have to do punishments already for me yep so hopefully you're able to take that winning streak you had with that being said we're gonna roll into the Thursday night game on the NFL docket this week we have the struggling Kansas City Chiefs um, going on the road and playing the Denver Broncos the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. Travis, what would you take this week? I hopefully picked something different than you because I'm on this four-game win streak on Thursday Night Football. But I have a feeling we picked the same thing, and that's Chiefs minus three-and-a-half. Is that what you picked? Yes, it is. Yes, I, I picked yeah. Chiefs minus three-and-a-half. Sorry, so, I had to let my I mean, dog out of the office. If they can't cover three-and-a-half-point spread versus the Broncos – the word is canceling Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs for the rest of the year. I don't think it happens though. Yeah, there's um, no, there's no way they're dropping three in a row. That's I mean, what I'm saying. They and I'm, they, I mean, they can win by two or three, but they need to come out and they need to prove that they're the team that they were to start the year. They need to get a good game to get back on track, and they should be able to do it. I know it's in Denver, uh, but I mean, shit, Patrick Mahomes could throw a 90 yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill in that Denver air. Yeah. Um, he has yeah. a strong arm. Broncos D is strong though, which is what worries me a little bit. And the Chiefs defense is a bag of dog shit. Yeah, the, think the be Chiefs able to... defense is horrible. I was looking at some stats. There's some there's some statistical categories where they're worse than the Dolphins in, which is not saying No, yeah. I mean they're bad. We knew they needed to improve their defense from last year, and they really haven't done it that much at all. But I think that their offense definitely controls this game. Uh come out. I'm I'm saying twenty four fourteen, they win by two scores okay I like that a lot I mean I just there's no way this team can drop three in a row especially heading into the bye week 
Uh, I know that I know it's a short week. I know Patrick Mahomes ankle isn't a hundred percent at all. Um, but Flacco isn't a great quarterback by any stretch of the measure. Um, I mean, they just beat the Titans 16, nothing at home. I mean, big whoop. So, um, cause the Titans ain't shit either. I, I do think the chiefs kind of pull this one out and win by a couple of scores for sure. So chiefs minus three and a half is the pick from the two drunk brothers. Let's roll into Sunday night. Interested to hear what you have on this one. Sunday night, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, the surging Philadelphia Eagles against the slumping Dallas Cowboys. And for whatever reason, Vegas saw something that we didn't. Um, the Cowboys are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 49-and-a-half. Um, I'll let you go ahead with this one again because I'm pretty sure we probably, we probably have the same pick. Yeah. <clears throat> From what you said, it kind of – I mean, we might we probably do have the same thing. And I see, I see where Vegas is coming from in Jerry World on Sunday night. Do the Cowboys drop four in a row? I don't know. But I have Eagles plus three because what the fuck's going on in Dallas? I don't know. They have three and they've lost three in a row, two of which are teams that the Eagles just beat. And this is a huge division rivalry with huge implications. I'm taking the Eagles points here. Again, not saying they're going to win. I took the Lions plus four and a half last week in that division rivalry, and they lost by one. So if the Eagles can do the same thing, that's a win in my eyes. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, they've just looked like the stronger team here lately. I know their secondary is super fucked up, but I think that they should be able to maintain Dak to hold him to what he's been doing lately and possibly come out of here with a win, if not a loss by one or two points. Yeah, I mean, this, the Cowboys just aren't playing good football right now. I mean, let's face it. And this is also a battle. Whoever wins this game will be in the sole possession of first place in the NFC East as well because they're both tied right now um, at 3-2 and two, uh, or 3-3. Three, Three and three. Three and three, yeah. Um, but the Eagles have put up 30-plus points in three weeks straight. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have just let up 56 points in the last two weeks. And that's really not something you really want to do when you're getting ready to face a team that's on fire like the Eagles. Um, I think plus three is an, is an easy pick here. I think the Eagles have more talent um, on the defensive side of the ball that to kind of keep the Cowboys offense at bay because Dak Prescott – Again, I said it earlier on in the year, too, after the first. Everyone was pumping the Cowboys' dicks. I'm like, guys, they played the Giants whenever they are still starting Eli Manning, and they played the Redskins, and they played the Dolphins week, weeks one through three. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Dak Prescott's proven his contract. They're 3-0. Since then, what's happened? They've lost three in a row to the Saints. They lost to um, the Packers, right? And then yeah, they lost in the Jets. In the Jets. So, Jets' first one of the year. Um, yeah, which, is, which the Eagles just beat. The Jets and the Packers are the same. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, they they be yeah. a combination of two of the three teams. Um, the only they, thing that scares me to is be the, fair, the Eagles beat the Jets without Sam Darnold. So yeah, the only thing that scares me is the Eagles' struggles with their secondary right now. Um, I know that Vontae Maddox, Maddox, I think is his name, and Ronald Darby are questionable slash out. So. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, really, the only receiving threat that Dallas has is um, Amari Cooper, and I know I know Michael Gallup's back, but he really hasn't. He didn't look like himself last week after coming off that in, that injury. Maybe he'll turn it around. I still think, just from how, if we're just looking at if we're looking at recency bias here, I am taking the Eagles all the way because what they've done. It's for me. It's what have you done for me lately? And the Eagles are playing yeah. much better football right now than the Cowboys. No ifs ands or about it. So. Um, both have Eagles plus three. I wouldn't be surprised if we have the same pick on Monday night as well. Monday, the Monday night game will be a snoozer, one I will not tune into probably. We got the new, the 6-0 and New England Patriots at the 1-4 and New York Jets. 
The Pats are 10-point favorites, minus 10. The over-under is 42. So I'll let you go ahead and roll with it. Yeah. I, you said you think we might have the same pick here. but I don't think we do. <clears throat> I'm hesitant to take the Pats at a big spread like this since they fucked me with it. Uh, I think that was a few weeks ago versus the but Bills. But that was the Bills. The Bills are a way better team than the fucking Jets. I don't care, man. The Jets' defense is, is okay enough, I think. I don't know. I'm taking over 42, though. Okay. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So Mono Man's back, fresh off of a win at Jerry World. I think Oh that, no, that was at home. That was on Jerry World. Was it? Was yeah, it at that, home? Yes. Either way. Sorry, you um, were way too hungover to know what was going on on Sunday, but yes, they 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 played in New York. That's exactly right. I was way too hungover. Either way, don't care where it was. This one's even at home. I think the offense found some life somewhat. I told you that New England's defense could bend a little, and last week they did versus the Giants. They let up 14 points. I know one of those was a defensive touchdown. Yeah. But at the same time, they let up 14 points. The Jets' defense is not that impressive. I think that they can like maybe hold in this game, which is why I don't like the minus 10. But I think that the points should come pretty easy for both teams here. Maybe not so much for the Jets. Um, So I'm taking the over and what I think could maybe be right at 10. My projected score was 27-17, which hits that over by a point and not the spread. Well, so you better hope New England puts up 30-plus points because unless unless they do that, this over is not hitting. Um, I mean, the Pats' lowest margin of victory this year, like you said, was six. And that was on the road against a very stout Buffalo Bills defense. The other games, if you take that Buffalo Bills game out of the equation, their other games, their average margin of victory is 27.2. Plus, they already pummeled the Jets this year, 30-14. to 14. I get that was, at, that was in Foxborough. But the Jets, I mean, they just beat a struggling Dallas team. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, you know, Sam Darnold looked like fucking Joe Namath out there. But um, – I just think this pass defense is legendary. So 10 points to me is a no brainer look in my eyes. Uh, I definitely think I'm seeing more like a, like a 31 to like 10 game, which man, would, that would not hit my over. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying <laughs> you better hope they score more than 30 points. Cause no, this is what you could do. You take a Benjamin and you put it on a seven point teaser on the Pats and the over. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fucking easy money. And there that's you go. Pats that's minus, what I did on last Monday. Pats minus three in the over of 35. Yeah, give me that all day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We just gave you guys the mortal lock of the century. Yeah, that's a good one too. But 
We're not allowed to do teasers for our locks league, but that is a, that is a good pick. You might as well throw that as a bonus pick. Like, hey, on Jarrett and Travis's Monday Night Pick, here you go. Um, the rest of them I wouldn't do anything like that on. Um, that's the only one I, I do a teaser on. But I got past minus 10. Travis is over a 42. With that being said, we're going to roll into the lock of the week before upset of the week. Travis, what is your lock of the week? My lock of the week is – I actually and I liked it. Sometimes I don't like my locks of the week, but I do. It's Jaguars at Bengals. It's a noon game. Uh, Jags are minus three and a half. And quite frankly, the Bengals might be worse than the Dolphins. They play the know, Dolphins, man. They actually. Played, they, played, they played the Ravens pretty tough on Sunday. <clears throat> it wasn't that close. They were up by – it wasn't that close. Yeah. They came back in it at the end. Their offensive line is horrible. And actually, the Dolphins play the Bengals at the end of the year – which the NCAA should just claim that game under their own and just call it the toilet bowl because <laughs> no one's going to watch it. The Jags haven't honestly, though, been impressive. Gardner Minshew finally found his rookie QB play last week. Um, but I think that they have been competitive enough to show that they can beat the Bengals by four points. I do not think there's a chance in hell the Bengals put up over 10 points in this game against the Jags. So I'm rolling with the Jaguars minus three and a half. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that at all. Um, I do think they're the better team. They played um, some tough, some tough games after they went two and two. I know they played the Saints last week. I can't remember who they played the week, who they played the week before that, but um, definitely they've had um, a difficult schedule as of late. My lock of the week is the Rams at the Falcons. It's a Sunday game at noon. The Rams are three point road favorites, and I'm taking the Rams. They absolutely cannot lose four and four games. This is kind of like the this is I'm taking a big gamble on on these teams who have struggled in the last few weeks. Um, the Chiefs and the Rams, uh, they cannot afford to lose four games in a row. I mean, they can't. If they want to remain in this NFC West battle, I mean, you have the 49ers who are five and zero, the Seahawks who are five and one. You have the Rams at three and three. If they even want to battle for a playoff spot. They need to win this game, and I think to win this game, they're going to have to trump them because if they're in a close game, I think I think they lose. Um, they traded away Marcus Peters today to the Ravens, for those of you who don't know. Um, so that should help with some locker room morale considering he's a fucking bum and a cancer. Um, also, the Rams are 4-2 and two against the spread this year, while Atlanta's 1-5. One and, one and that is a big-time big, big time major yikes. Um Atlanta is also allowing 276 passing yards per game. So I think with the Rams weapons, they have cooks, um, Cooper cup, Gurley out of the backfield, Malcolm Brown out of the backfield, that other kid, the rookie out of the backfield. Um, what's his name again? Daryl Henderson out of the backfield. Um, I think Goff has a hell of a week breaks his funk against an inept pass rush of not that great secondary in Atlanta and the Rams get the win by, you know, seven to 10 points. All right. We'll see. Jared Goff, I saw that game when I wanted it. Jared Goff has just scared me lately. He looked like he just came out of high school. Dude, it's 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 taking quarterbacks once they get a extension is kind of a scary thing. And yeah. he got that 100 million dollar extension which he did not deserve and now he's playing like a bag of fucking dicks. So word of advice, just don't get your quarterback an extension. Unless his name is Russell Wilson, because he got a big one and he's fucking balling out yeah, this year. That's all. You, I mean, it's Russell Wilson. We already sucked his dick earlier in the podcast this year. Um, upset of the week. I'm rolling into mine. 
I thought this was easy. Saints at Bears. Yep. Saints plus 155 is a 325 late afternoon kick. Trubisky questionable. I'm sorry, Chase Daniel, M-I-Z, but he has not been good as a backup. Either way, shitty QB play. Saints are red hot. I don't really think there needs to be much said about this game. Yep. No, I have the same one. I'll dive into it a bit deeper than you did. I mean, uh, when is Vegas going to learn? This is the second week in a row now that the Saints have been road underdogs. Um, they were in underdogs last week in Jacksonville. That was easy money. I think this is easy money. Sorry for all you Hub Chicago listeners. Um, Teddy's 4 0 as a starter. And New Orleans defense to me is not as good as, as Chicago's, but they're good enough to hold, like Travis said, a team that hasn't had great quarterback play at bay. I mean, you know, look at it total defensive yards allowed per game. Chicago's six. New Orleans is 10th. Points allowed per game. Chicago's third. New Orleans is 11th. I mean, still, that's, you're, you're in the top third there. Third down percentage, Chicago's sixth. New Orleans is 14th. That may seem a little bit more. The difference there is only 5% between the two. So New Orleans defense is just not just as good, but up to the level of Chicago's, and their offense is even better. So um, NOLA also majorly outranks Chicago in time of possession. So as long as you keep the ball out of a shitty offense's hands, they can't score. So um, New Orleans plus 155 is, is, is easy money, I think. Yeah, and just to – this game is going to honestly be really boring. You saw yeah. New Orleans kind of struggle last week against a good Jacksonville defense. Again, going on the road against a good Chicago defense. They beat, they beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, 12-10. I think that's, that's the game plan that they put together with Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. Just kind of main, just game manager. Run yep. the clock out. Hold the ball. The over-under in this game is 38. Yeah, which I, I still touch, even like. I'm not touching but that. But I'm not going to touch it yeah. uh, without putting some points on the other side. But anyway, we both got Saints plus 155. We like it a lot. Go ahead and lock that in now before the line moves too much. Most definitely. So that is our full slate of the Generous Digest. Uh, ride with us. We we've, we've been playing pretty good lately, especially Travis with the seven and two record last week. Um, with that being said, we're gonna roll into the first and ten segment where we talk a little bit about the XFL draft that started today. So let's get it. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because a it's free, b There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. First and 10 from the 45 yard line. All right, here we are with our first and 10. XFL draft kicked off today, Tuesday, the 15th. Um, and I think there was the first three phases were today. First three phases. So teams got to draft in the first phase, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And then the second one was your O-line. Yep. And then your third one was the defensive backfield. Front, front, front seven. Front seven. seven. Your, your, your D-linemen and your linebackers. Yeah, so – that happened today. Also, everybody's like designated quarterbacks were announced before the draft. Um, and that's kind of mainly what we're going to talk about here is the designated QBs. 
and I'll just we can just kind of run through them one by one. We're not going to shout them off because you won't even understand. So the Dallas Renegades quarterback, you should all know him, Landry Jones, the QB from Oklahoma. He was a fourth round pick to the Steelers in 2013. Um, what do you think about this? I think this could be maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the league to start off. I like it because they're pairing him. Um, Bob Stoops is the head coach of the Dallas Renegades. That was Landry Jones's head coach in college at Oklahoma. So you're pairing him back up again. Probably the, um, you know, kind of him and one we'll talk about later with the most NFL experience. Um, he's played and he started, he started five NFL games um, for the Steelers. Um, spent some time with the Jags in 2018. So I, I do think this is good. He is, I think, one of the oldest quarterbacks in the XFL. Um, and one we'll name later we'll talk about. Um, that's that's probably right up there as well. But I, I like this pick a lot. So, Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, if you look at his college numbers, they were great. He was good at, o- at Oklahoma. Um, and he just never really got a shot in the NFL. Obviously, he's back up to Ben Roethlisberger. He said he was with the Jags in 2018, which, I mean, they, they were fully invested in Blake Bortles. Um, he is 30 years old, though, which could be a little bit of concern. Yeah, so that, that when you said he, he, is the, he officially is the oldest quarterback in the XFL, actually. So, um, so Dallas Renegades got a fourth-round, former fourth-round draft pick in Landry Jones. Um, we're going to move on to the D.C. Defenders. They got 12-gauge Cardell Jones, the quarterback um, of fame of Ohio State. Bro. Obviously, he came in, won a national championship in 2014 with Ohio State, only playing – he played in three games that year. Played in the Big Ten Championship game. Won them all. He played in the yeah, – yeah, he played in the college football uh, playoff game and then the national championship game, won all three of them. And he was like, fuck you guys, I'm going to the draft. I'm 3-0. and I've won the most important games of my whole fucking career. I love Cardell Jones. I don't know what about it. The dude also can just huck the fucking ball. Yep. They call him 12-gauge for a reason. He's a beast. Um, I wouldn't have minded Cardell Jones being on our team, the Battle Hawks. But either way, I think this could be something good for them. I'm not really sure what they did with their draft today. But, yeah, again, Jones, national champion winner. Yep, national champion winner, another fourth round draft pick. Spent a couple years with the Buffalo Bills, um, then went with the to the. I guess at that time they were still the San Diego Chargers. Um, spent a couple seasons with them, bounced around in some practice squads, and now he is with the DC Defenders. So um, DC got yourself a cannon of a quarterback in Cardell Jones. Uh, Travis, you want to roll into the next one we got here? Yeah, this next one, I and I, I have his I have his Wikipedia page pulled up right so now. Do I. I have his Pro Football Reference page pulled up. Still don't know him for the Houston Roughnecks. Their designated quarterback they got, which kind of blew my mind, over Connor Cook, was Philip Walker out of Temple. Um, he's a five. He's five eleven, two hundred twelve pounds. So he is a probably Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson-esque quarterback. Yeah. Um, he pretty much just hopped around the Indianapolis Colts roster for his whole career. Between 2017 and 2019, he was added and removed from the practice squad to the regular uh, depth chart and never really did anything. Yeah. So never really got a shot. Um, now he's with the Houston Roughnecks. Where did Matt Moore uh, – where did – not Matt Moore. Um, 
Where did Connor Cook end up going? And where, where did he get drafted by? I'm so all surprised he wasn't one of these eight as well. Yeah, Connor Cook. I want to say he was drafted second or third. Um, let me pull that up real quick while you yeah kind of roll into this. So that's Philip Walker again. These are supposedly supposed to be the starting quarterbacks, but I could definitely see Connor Cook, whoever he got drafted by, maybe competing for a job here. One of these. We're going to roll into the next team. It's the Los Angeles Wildcats. They got an AAF star and a D2 national champion winner. His name is Luis Perez out of Texas A&M Commerce. Fun fact, this guy was a professional bowler at one point as well. Um, This guy's just been everywhere. Yeah, so I did not know a damn thing about this. I recognize most names on the list except for this guy. I had to look him up. Um, Like I said, he won a D2 national championship at Texas A&M Commerce. Um, did spend some time in the AAF. Travis said he was with the Birmingham Iron for a bit. So he's got some experience under his belt. Um, I think they're just going to surround him with talent like they did with the Houston Roughnecks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So I honestly, this is great too. What we just touched on, I don't think Houston Roughnecks like their designated quarterback. With the second pick in this draft, they picked Connor Cook. Okay, so so I could see Connor Cook definitely taking Philip Walker's job there. And Connor Cook has NFL experience. Yeah, exactly. So um, did any other of the teams? Do you know that that did they take any? Were there any other notable QBs taken in that first? Yeah, round? I think Tyree Jackson. Yep. Yeah. The, the quarterback from Buffalo was taken in the fifth round. I'm not by. I'm not sure by who. I know a couple other teams took some backup quarterbacks. Yeah. They probably just weren't heavy with who they're designated. I mean, yeah, you had to take a backup quarterback. Just it wasn't super. I know the Battlehawks took one super early. They took one in the second round. Um, the yeah, the, I don't know some dude from Eastern Michigan, like Bro Band Rollback or something. Dude, he was on uh, Hard Knocks with the uh, with the Cleveland with Cleveland Browns. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, so anyway, that's it. We've covered half of them. Yeah. Uh, we will go into the fifth, the New York Guardians quarterback, Matt McGloin, which I saw this name and kind of laughed. I mean, this dude, I feel like, has just been kind of just all over the place. Since he came out of college, he went to Penn State, and he just never flourished into the quarterback that I, he was at Penn State. Bounced around to a lot of teams, spent time with the Raiders from 2013-2016. He was actually on their depth chart, was never on their practice squad. Um, then was on the Eagles practice squad, got cut. The Texans picked him up. He was on the Texans depth chart with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018, spent last year doing God knows what, and now he's with the New York Guardians. So, I, I mean, I told you he was old. He's going he's gonna to be 30 by the time the season rolls around. He turns 30 in December. Yeah. So he's actually from, from yeah. Scranton, Pennsylvania. So... Shout out office, all you office fans out there. West Granton too, you know, the hard side. Yeah. I mean, he's just, 
man. I mean, yeah, he's got yeah. some NFL statistics. How many games did he have starting in the NFL? Yeah, he started seven games in the NFL. 2013, he started six of them um, for the Oakland Raiders. He had 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, and eight picks. Yeah, nice ratio. <laughs> one um, one. There you go. He has 11 picks and 11 touchdowns in his career. So, you know, you know you're getting there. But so Matt McGloin, New York Guardians quarterback, is going to roll us into the Seattle Dragons. And uh, they have Brandon Silvers out of Troy, which I don't know much about. The name, I want to say this man was either in the Canadian Football League, Arena Football League, or AAF. The name sounds very familiar, um, but I'm not really sure about anything else on this guy. Did you look him up at all? I'm looking him up as we speak. Okay. I, cause I saw he's a big body, six, three, two twenty. Um, in college, he was never really like spectacular. He averaged right around 2,700 yards a season. So, I mean, he's, I mean, he's okay. I just don't really know. Like this isn't the big name that you're looking for when you're starting the league as Brandon Silvers. Yeah. Brandon Silvers out of Troy. Um, it's interesting to see if Seattle picked another quarterback as well. I'm going to look that up. Travis can, can roll into. Um, the, he's also young too. He's 25 years old. Um, so he, yeah, he played for the Memphis Express. Okay. In the AAF. Uh, and then was also a member of the New York Jets practice squad. Okay. So the next team is the St. Louis Battlehawks, me and Jared's team. I was actually really Really excited when I saw this name. It's Jordan, I think, Tamu. To is how you say his last name. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback very, probably might be the youngest quarterback in the league. The dude is 21 years old, coming yep. from Ole Miss, just graduated from Ole Miss last year. Uh, and I couldn't be more excited. 6'3, 214 pound quarterback who is pretty mobile at the same yep. time. So last year in the SEC, he finished second only to. Tua Tagovailoa for passing yards in the SEC. So that tells you anything about this kid. Apparently he's got a gigantic arm, um, loves to sling the rock. So it's going to be very, very excited to see him in there. So um, not to be biased, but I think they got a decent little pick there. And this dude is going to be disciplined as fuck. Before he transferred to Ole Miss for his last season last year, he played two seasons at the New Mexico Military Institute. Yep. So this guy knows what he's doing and he, I mean, he's just going to be, he's going to be what you need in a startup fucking league quarterback. Yep. So I'm looking up right now. The defenders actually drafted Tyree Jackson to back up Cardell Jones. I don't think he'll get, he'll get the job there. Really? Yep. And then the Vipers, which team we're talking about next, this guy's definitely back up the guy that drafted. We're on the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Vipers. They got Aaron Murray from Georgia. Um, next to Landry Jones and probably Matt McGloin has the most NFL experience out of all these players here. Um, I know he spent some time in Kansas City for a bit. Might have been in Atlanta. I'm not for he sure. Bounced around. Yeah. So he can't. Casey, Arizona Cardinals in 16, Eagles in 16, Rams in 17. And then I guess he took an off year in 18 and played in the AF last year. Um, so, I mean, th- this dude's been all over the place. He was great in Georgia, but he's also about to turn 29 years old. Okay. So he's a little bit older as well. 
Um, so the guy that drafted was some kid from Oklahoma State. I had no idea who he was. He's going to be a backup. Another another one's interesting. Another one that's interesting is Marquise Williams, the quarterback from North Carolina, has a hell of a cannon. He got drafted by the Guardians. So what does that tell you about Matt McGloin there? Yeah, um, yeah. He played in the CFL and AF as well. So you're looking at it. You're probably looking at. You know, I don't see Philip Walker starting for Houston. I Travis said that um, Connor Cook will probably take that job. I can see Marquise Williams giving uh, Matt McGloin some 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 trouble um, with that starting job for the for the Guardians. But uh, Seattle, did they draft a quarterback? I'm looking, man. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. So I guess they're happy with that Brandon Silver's guy at QB. Um, only the first three took place today. Also, at the end, the very last is an open draft, so they can always pick a quarterback then. you got to remember, there's only eight teams. Yeah. Yeah, the Renegades also drafted a guy from East Carolina, so they, they're good with rolling with, with Landry Jones, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it's going forward. Um, the XFL, so the salaries were also announced last week in between our podcasts. Um, they weren't great, but, you know, I, I just want to kind of talk about this, and I'll let Travis say something. I mean, these guys got to know the level of football they're playing. Like, this is probably the third best football league out there. Like, these are guys that couldn't hack it in the NFL, didn't didn't either want to go to Canada to play in the CFL or what, and now they're on the XFL. Obviously, the XFL is a better brand of football than the Arena Football League. I think it's going to be better than the AAF. And one of the main reasons why the AAF failed was I think they paid their players too much, and they couldn't pay them. They couldn't pay them. They didn't have enough money. I mean, shit, you can only pay a guy so much for six months of work, especially when you have 70 guys on the roster. It's a new league. You don't know how much money you're going to make. Season tickets are cheap as dirt. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Which is a, smart because they're trying to get fans in the door early and get them invested in it. And they will, yeah. I mean, I think – I mean, we're going to go to some games. It'll be great. I think that, you know, league men, 28K a year for six months of work – you got to think also at the same time, you're probably putting in training and everything else. But man, $28,000 to do a sport you love, if you really love it that much, you're not going to complain about and it. This is league men. Like, we're probably talking about guys that are going to get drafted on day three. Like, you're you know, talking about guys that aren't playing. Yeah. Like, all the guys that got drafted today are going to make more money than that. I honestly don't understand how they're having a 70 man roster. I think that is where they messed up. That is going to be definitely something they need to cut down. I don't think, I don't know if all 70 are going to make the team, though. Yeah, I think they're going to treat this just – and this is the pro, This is the, this is the big thing with the AAF, too. We had no idea – whoops, I just dropped the penny. We had no idea about their draft. We had no idea. They just kind of announced it. No, I roll over here. The XFL has been building this up for months. I mean, we know it was coming. They kind of announced the draft out of nowhere, and it was on YouTube Live today, which Travis and I watched a little bit of it. It was kind it of was janky. Very, it was, I mean, they're not spending a lot of money, which is good because it was very – like cheaply put together which is fine speaking of I'm which they planning. they they did it over zoom travis which is if for those you don't know know out there it's we use it at work to do like video calls and we use it to record our podcast and we're not in the same yeah location. so i mean shit dude they're they're going cheap which is great that's how you save money vince mcmahon knows how to run a business he's like fuck this failed the first time we can't let it do it again because people will i'll be the laughing stock of of football yeah. Also, Oliver Luck is the um, commissioner and CEO. It's and- it's Andrew Luck's dad, which means if you guys know anything about Andrew Luck, he's extremely smart. So if his dad's anywhere anything like, I him, mean, the dude knows. went to Stanford. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they know what they're doing. I 
for anyone out there who's shitting on on the salary, you got to think about what you play. Like you're making more money than a minor league baseball player. So you play, this, you are literally playing ten games at most. It's ten games. It's ten, it's ten game schedule. I you can give me twenty grand and I'll go out there for ten games. Yeah, and we're talking about again. This is minimum, so I don't think salary will be an issue. I do think this is the basis because they the AAF minimum salary I think was like forty eight or fifty, and that was clearly too high because after week one they couldn't pay their players. So that was the big issue, and that's why the league folded. The XFL doesn't want to make the same exact mistake. They're setting the league min low. Maybe after the next year it'll raise. But again, this is league minimum. You talk about all the players who got drafted today. Your skill players like. Um, you know, the Battlehawks drafted Christine, Christine Michael from tech, the running back from Texas A&M. I don't think he's, he's making 28 K. No, he's, he, I mean, yeah, your role players, your people who get drafted early or like pretty much any starter, I can see at least making $50,000. I was going to say, I was going to say, I bet you these quarterbacks are making close to a hundred. Cause you've got, what was it? What did you say the max was? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if the max has been actually announced. Um, cause these quarterback salaries have not been, have not been revealed to the public yet. Yeah. I think the the, the designated QB salaries are going to be the most. And then I would say like, whatever your top three picks of each phase are going to get a guarantee. Yep. Really? The 28, I bet the $28,000 mark is in the open rounds. Maybe like the last the punters like and kickers, picks. your punters and kickers. Yeah. Like, I mean the people who are, might not make the rock like might not m- barely make the roster, and then your punters and kickers and backup players. Shit, man! If punters and kickers are gonna if punters and kickers are gonna bitch about making thirty k a year for thirty k for six months, I can I'll go learn how to kick a ball real quick and you fucking, go fucking work a morning shift at a goddamn fast food restaurant and then come in and kick at night for all not, I care. Not even that. That's like what I told you. In the off season, these guys can go do whatever they want. They can go. They can go. Work at a gym, work, you know, open up a training program, go coach high school football because the XFL is not the same season as other, as the fall football. So you can go play in the XFL in the spring and then in the fall and the summer when it rolls, when summer and fall rolls around, go coach football at a high school for fucking 10, 12K a year. You combine your minimum salary, if you're making minimum, you're making 40 plus K a year and that's better living than a lot of people make. So and I, think- I really feel like, a lot of teams honestly also tried to draft people that were more native to that area. I'm, yep. I'm not, I didn't do too much of a deep dive, but I do know that the Battle Hawks, St. Louis drafted their two wide receivers were, you know, grew up around the St. Louis area, went to Mizzou. Their quarterback went to Ole Miss, not too far away. So it's not like you're relocating millions of miles away across the country. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's the XFL. It's going to be interesting. We're definitely going to be all about it this year because we're going to – it starts – the season starts the week after the Super Bowl. So we'll dive more into it on that on that podcast about, like, well, how we see the season panning out. Hopefully gambling lines will keep the gambling going up because um, that kind of died off a little bit once the AAF kind of went to shit. Um, so, yeah, that's the XFL. So that's our episode 52, unless you got anything to wrap up the show with, Trev. Um, I think that's it. Me and Jerry went hard last weekend. Probably going to lay low this weekend and just be generous. So, yep, we'll be here for you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, peace out, guys.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.